I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to First Peter. First Peter. We'll be looking at verses, uh, chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, we'll be looking at verses uh, 13 through 25 this morning. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 25. If you don't have a, a Bible of your own, you can grab one of the Pew Bibles there, and it's page 953 in the Pew Bible. Page 953 in the Pew Bible. If you don't own a Bible, then we invite you to take that pew Bible with you, and that's our gift to you. We want everybody to have a copy of God's Word, so please take that and use it. It will certainly bless your life. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 25. And let's begin by going to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, now as we come to this time, uh, opening up your Word and and hearing what you have for us today, Lord, just hearing a, a word from you, Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts to hear your holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And Lord, I pray that you would write its eternal truth upon our hearts today, Lord. Lord, help us to, to see the message of our text, and Lord, help us to understand how to apply it to our lives. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen. You know, I love January. It's a time of, of new beginnings, right? You kind of reflect back on the past year, the things you accomplished, the things that maybe you, you didn't accomplish that maybe you wanted to accomplish. But it's a time to kind of hit the reset button and start over again, get, set some goals for the year, and get some habits in place for the, the year, to, habits to help you accomplish those goals. Uh, we've had last week, we had the, uh, the, our Bible reading programs in our bulletin. And if you don't have one of those, we can get you one if you need one of those. If you weren't here and you didn't get your Bible reading plan, we want to make sure you get that. But uh, we, we kind of set that goal, right? We have a goal of, of what Bible verses we're going to read this year. And we've got that in plan. And, and you set those habits. Every day you're going to get up at a certain time and you're going to get your Bible out and you're going to read your Bible. And so you, you set that habit for that goal myself personally i have some health and fitness goals i kind of set every year and so i start those habits up to try to get those goals accomplished maybe there's professional goals that you have for the year and you set up habits to get those professional goals accomplished in this year but as christians one goal that we should always have uh, in mind is the goal to be like jesus christ that's, our, that's the goal of, of being a Christian, isn't it? God calls us to be holy as the Lord your God is holy. And so as a Christian, our main goal in life is to be like Jesus Christ. And so at the beginning of the year especially, it's a great time to think, now how am I going to accomplish that this year? I want to be more like Jesus at the end of 2024, I want to be more like Jesus than I am at the beginning of 2024. And so how am I going to accomplish that goal? And there are some habits that we need to put into place if we are going to accomplish that goal. And so today, I want to share with you some holy habits. Some holy habits as we look at our text here in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 25. 
here we're going to see uh, some habits, and I want us to establish holy habits to conform to Christ's image. We need to establish holy habits to conform to Christ's image. And here in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 25, Peter suggests for us four holy habits to help us to conform to Christ's image. Now, I'll just kind of give me, let you kind of give you some idea of, of where we are here in Scripture. Peter, in 1 Peter, is writing to Jewish Christians who have fled Jerusalem because of persecution. Uh, they, there's persecution there in Jerusalem, and so they've had to flee, and they've gone out to different parts of the world. And one of the main goals of this letter, as Peter is writing to these Christians, one of his main goals is to, to make sure that they are pursuing holiness in their walk with Jesus Christ. He wants them to conform to Christ's image. Now we need to understand that Peter calls these Christians to holiness and his call to holiness is all grounded upon God's saving grace. And so if you look at the, the first few verses there in verses 3 through 9, you see he grounds all of this in God's grace and his uh, gracious salvation through Jesus Christ. Blessed Blessed be the, the God of our, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. It is God who caused us to be born again to a living hope. Through the great mercy, uh, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through the faith, uh, through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the testing, tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is, uh, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the resurrection of, uh, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your soul. So all of this is grounded in God's saving grace because of what god has done now peter says therefore when we get to our verse here down there in verse 13 he begins therefore because of what god has done therefore here establish these holy habits in your life and so we're going to see these holy habits and we're just going to work through our text this morning as we look at these holy habits that we need to establish in our own lives if we are to, to conform to the image of Christ and be more like Jesus at the end of 2024 than at the beginning of 2024. So the first holy habit that we see here as Peter begins to write to the, these Christians and inevitably, inevitably to us is to set your mind on eternity. The first holy habit is to set your mind on eternity. 
Look at verse 13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Notice what he says there. Set your mind, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, Stephen Covey, I, I don't know if you've ever read Stephen Covey's book. Stephen Covey has a great book on productivity and setting goals and that sort of thing. But he has a great book that's called The, the Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. One of my favorite books as far as productivity books go, leadership books go. Uh, but uh, habit one is to be proactive, uh, not to be reactive, but proactive. But habit two is similar to what Peter is saying here. Habit two is begin with the end in mind. And really, that's what Peter is getting at. As he begins to inform these Christians how they are to, to conform to the image of Christ, he says, begin with the end in mind. Begin with eternity in mind. Prepare your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You see, dear Christians, often we, we focus on the things here and now. We focus on the temporal, the things in this life. When re in reality, we should be focusing on eternity, setting our goals in eternity. We need to set our minds on eternity and regularly contemplate our eternal home. You see, we, we focus too much on this life. We focus on what's going to happen this week, next week, a month from now. We focus on retirement. And we fail to focus on what really matters, and that is eternity. We need to think about eternity. As we live life now in this life, we need to think about eternity. And isn't that what Jesus tells us to do? Jesus tells us to do exactly that. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Dear friends, we don't, we, we, we don't need to get so nearsighted. Right? We don't need to focus so much on this world and the things of this world. But we need to set our sights on eternity. Plan with the end in mind. Plan with eternity in mind. And so I challenge you to make it a holy habit to daily contemplate your eternal home. Think about where you're going to spend all of eternity and live every day for eternity. Invest in eternity. And so this year, we're going to have a little time to kind of help contemplate eternity because I, I, some of you have been asking me to do this, and so we're going to do that this, this in the upcoming months, but we're going to re return to that hereafter series. You remember I started the Hereafter series on Sunday nights, pre-COVID, and we got through heaven, then COVID hit, so we missed out on hell, and uh, so we're going to go back, and we're going to revisit that, and we're going to, I'm going to work through heaven again, because some of, of you who didn't make it on Sunday nights, you didn't hear the heaven part, and so we're going to focus on the doctrine of heaven, 
and contemplate our heavenly home. But then we're also going to look at hell and what hell is like and it will be like and uh, help us to think about those things. So we're going to focus on eternity here at the beginning of the year, probably starting in, in February. We'll, we'll move to that series and focus on hereafter. And so that'll give us a, a time to, to really think about and contemplate eternity so set your mind on eternity. Let that be your first holy habit. Peter then moves to the second holy habit, and the second holy habit is this, conform to God's word. Conform to God's word. If you're going to be like Christ, you've got to conform to the word of Christ. Notice what he says down there, moving to verses 14 through 16. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the present passions of of your former ignorance but as he who called you is holy you also be holy in all your conduct since it is written you shall be holy for I am holy so here we see Peter really bringing it out here we are to be holy as the Lord our God is holy quoting that verse from Leviticus we as Christians, as, as children of God, we are to not conform to this world, but we are to conform to the image and likeness of God. And Jesus, of course, is our aim. He is our direct model, and we're to model to be like Jesus. We're to model Jesus. What does that mean? Well, certainly it means that we must, first of all, crucify this flesh. We must crucify this flesh. Notice again what he says there. As obedient children, do not conform to the passions of your former ignorance. We're not to conform to the desires of this flesh. You see, in this natural condition, we have our natural desires. And our natural desires aren't always holy desires. Our natural desires tend to lead us toward sin and away from God. But we're not to conform to our natural desires. We're not to give in to our natural desires. We're to crucify the flesh. We're to crucify our natural desires and pursue holiness. We're to conform to the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. But as he who called you is holy, as Christ who called you is holy you also be holy in all your conduct we are to conform to the image and likeness of Jesus Christ Jesus again tells us this very same thing Luke chapter 9 verse 23 and he said to all if anyone would come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me well, that brings to mind, this is a daily habit that we must do. You can't just simply go one day and crucify the flesh and, and expect it to be done. Every day we have to get up and say, Today, Lord, I'm crucifying my flesh. I'm putting my own desires on the cross, and I'm living for you. It is a daily process. It is a daily habit. We must crucify the desires of the flesh so that we might live and conform to the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. We must crucify the flesh, but we also must conform to God's word. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the, renewing, by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, 
what is good, acceptable, and perfect. And how do we conform to the will of God? By studying His Word. Because it's His Word. It's the written Word that reveals to us the Word who became flesh. John chapter 5, verses thir- verse 39. Jesus says, you search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. You see, we don't have Jesus here in the flesh living that we can model him, but we have him in his word. God has revealed his very character and his very nature in his word. And if we're going to conform to the image and likeness of Jesus Christ, then we have to daily be in God's word. We have to study his word. That's why it's so important that we, and we always make that an emphasis here at First Bastrop, of studying God's word together of making that a, da- a daily habit year after year after year. And I encourage you again to, to get into God's Word, study God's Word, but it's not just enough to study God's Word. There are many scholars in a lot of great universities who study God's Word and they don't know anything about Jesus. They are far from Jesus as they could be. They know the Word, but they have never conformed to the Word. You see, we have to not only study God's Word, but we have to apply God's Word to our very lives. We've got to conform to God's Word. We've got to weed out the fleshly desires, push those aside, crucify the flesh, and conform to God's Word, applying God's Word to our very lives. We've got to live it. We've got to put it in place. We've got to put it in action we study God's Word. We study, the, the, we study uh, the lives. You think about this. We study the lives of our role models throughout life. We, we start with our, our, our moms and our dads and our grandmas and our grandpas. We start with them as a model. And we, we look up to them as our role models. And we, we study them and we, we copy them. And, and we move on to other people in our lives who become role models. And we study their lives. But as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, we're to forsake all other role models. Our chief role model is Jesus. So we must look to Jesus by studying the Word of Christ. We look to Christ, and we model our lives after Christ. If we're going to be like Jesus, if we're going to be like Him, then we must conform to His Word Get into God's Word, study it daily, and apply it every day to your life. Peter's holy habits, first set your mind on eternity, conform to God's Word. Third, the third holy habit, live in reverent fear of the Lord. Live in reverent fear of the Lord. If we're going to be like Jesus Christ, then we must daily live in reverent fear of the Lord. Picking up in verse 17 there, notice what he says. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited by your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundations of the world, but was made manifest in the last times 
for the sake of you who though who through him are believers in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God notice here what he says that we are to um, we're to live in reverent fear of the Lord our God again look at verse 17 and if you Call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deed. Conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. We're to live in reverent fear, considering the fact that God is the living judge, right? He is the righteous judge. He is the righteous judge who judges everyone impartially according to each one's deeds. We live in reverent fear of the Lord knowing that he is a righteous, righteous judge. But not only that, not only leaving it as a judge, but also considering God's salvation. His salvation, what he has done for us, he has purchased us through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You see, it's, we're to live in fear of the Lord, but it's a reverent fear. It is a fear understanding the very love of God. You see, as Christians, we understand that God is a judge, and one day he will judge the living and the dead. He will judge all people according to his word. And those who have rejected God, he will send to eternal damnation and a devil's hell. We understand that. And we live in fear because we understand that that's who God is. He is a mighty, powerful judge. A righteous judge and he will give everyone what they deserve because of their deeds whether they received him or rejected him God will judge them according to their deeds we understand that but we also know that he is a loving father who sent his son Jesus Christ to bear our punishment and our place so that he might give us his grace and his mercy instead of his judgment. He put his judgment on Jesus that he might give us salvation. He might show us grace. And so we see these, this, these two sides of God in balance in Jesus Christ. And we're to live in reverent fear of the Lord our God. We remember as Christians that God is a disciplinarian. He is a loving Father who disciplines those whom He loves. As a child coming up, I think about my own father. I lived in reverent fear of my father, my dad. Because my dad, I, I knew that if I messed up, he was there. He was going to discipline. And, and I, I grew up in the day where the belt came off, right? And you didn't want to hear that. You know, you messed up if you heard the belts coming, the belt coming out of the belt loop. But I knew my father, he was a, a loving father. He loved me and everything that he did for me, he, he did it out of love because he wanted to, to raise me up to be a responsible adult. And so I, I knew he was a loving father, but I feared him because he was a disciplinarian. And he would discipline me out of love. And you see, dear Christian, we are to live in reverent fear of the Lord our God because we know that God disciplines those whom he loves. He rebukes us when we mess up. 
And so we're to live in fear, but it's a, a fear that is, is reverent, is a fear that we understand it, it, it's out of love that God does all that he does for us. Proverbs 3, 11 through 12, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. And Christ himself even says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 19, Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Dear friend, today... Live in reverent fear of the Lord your God. Live in reverent fear of Christ, knowing that God reproves and disciplines those whom he loves. That means habitually examine your own life. Habitually examine your own life. Daily, weekly, monthly, examine your own life. Is there any habitual sin that is developing in your life? When you see sin beginning to develop and become a pattern in your life, yes, we all sin, we, we sin daily. But when you see sin begin to develop and become habitual in your life, repent. Turn away from that sin. Take it to the Lord. Repent. And turn to Christ. Get that sin out of your life. So live in reverent fear of the Lord using that reverent fear to examine your life and keep you in pursuit of God's holiness. So the four holy habits, set your mind on eternity, conform to God's word, live in reverent fear of the Lord, and number four, love fellow Christians. Love fellow Christians. Picking up there at that last paragraph of chapter 1, Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. Through the living and abiding word of God, all flesh is like, a, like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that, we, that was preached to you. I just bring your attention to the imperative of, this, of this, uh, this paragraph here. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. As Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, we're to love the brothers and sisters in Christ especially. We're to love all. We love even our enemies. But it begins by loving one another, loving the church, loving the, our fellow Christians. Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you. Love one another, even as I love you. We're to love one another with sincerity, earnestly, sacrificially. We're to love one another. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18, Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. That's what Peter's getting at here, loving with a pure heart. Loving with a pure heart. Loving one another in such a way. We're not to love and talk only. It's easy to say, man, I love you, brother. 
I love you, sister. But it's another thing to show that love. We're not to love in word only, but we're to love in action. Love is to be an active thing. It's to be an active thing. The old saying, it's easier said than done, that applies to love. It's easier to say I love you to someone than it is to show them you love them. But God calls us not just to say we love one another, not just to say the words, but to show that we love one another through our very actions. We need to make it a daily habit to love one another, not just in word, but to love one another in deed. Showing one another that we love one another through our activities, through what we do. Actively love fellow Christians by getting involved in the life of the, of the church. How do you do that? I mean, how do, you, how do, you active, how do we actively love one another? We, we do it by getting involved in one another's lives. And that begins by, by of course, getting involved in, in life group. If you're not involved in a life group, then you're, you're not really involved in church. If you're not giving, getting involved in life group, that's where we bear one another's burdens and lift one another up. We hold one another accountable when we need to hold one another accountable. In life group, that's where the, the body is the body, where the church is the church. It's hard for us in here in, the, in this big room and the big group to to bear one another's burdens, to be involved in each person's life. But in life group, that's where we get down to the smaller group, and that's where we get to really know one another and love one another and bear one another's burdens and do life together. So, dear friend, if you're not involved in a life group yet, I just want to encourage you to get involved in a life group and, and get in there and get to know people and love one another and help one another. It's a difficult life being a Christian, isn't it? Especially in this world, the world of this world of darkness, Jesus says it's not an easy thing. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be persecuted for my name's sake, Jesus says. It's not an easy task, so we've got to build one another up and strengthen one another, encourage one another along the way. So get involved in a life group. Get involved in the, the life of the church. Find another ministry area to get involved in. That's where you really begin to grow with other people in the Christian faith. So actively love one another by getting involved in life groups and in the, the ministries of the church. So establish holy habits to conform to Christ's image. Set your mind on eternity. Conform to God's word. Live in reverent fear of the Lord and love fellow Christians. Love, fellow Christians, set these holy habits in play even today. Even today. Start it right now. As we begin to get ready for the, to observe the Lord's Supper this morning, as we think about the Lord's Supper and, and all that it means, uh, it's a time for us to contemplate our own lives. 1 Corinthians tells us that we're to Approach the, the Lord's table with pure heart. We need to examine ourselves before we come to the Lord's table. So take that opportunity today, even right now, to begin that holy habit of examining your own life. Is there sin that you need to confess? Is there sin that you need to turn over to the Lord even now in this moment? 
Are there some things that you need to get settled with him before you can take the Lord's table? Then as we have a time of invitation, come and, and bow before the, the Lord in this very moment and get those things worked out even now. Set your mind on the things of the Lord. If you're here today and you've never trusted in the Lord, maybe you don't have a relationship with Christ. And here in this moment, I want to invite you to come. And I'll be glad to talk to you more about it. I want you to know that Jesus Christ, he came and he lived and died for you so that you might have eternal life in him. And you can surrender your life to him this very day. Will you trust in him? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we thank you for the directive that you have given us, Lord, here, that uh, even in, in 1 Peter, as he establishes these, these four holy habits that you call us to, Lord, so that we might conform to the image and likeness of, of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray as we begin this new year, let us hit that reset button, Lord. Maybe there's some things that we accomplished this past year that we can say, hey, good deal but maybe there's some things that we we wish we would accomplish that we didn't but lord this year help us to set that reset button help us to pursue life in christ lord help us to be more like jesus at the end of 2024 than at the beginning of 2024 because lord we want to be like jesus we want to model him and be his light in this world of darkness. Lord, help us even today to set our, our course on that path and to get those habits in play even now. Lord, give us this time to examine our hearts and prepare our hearts and our mind to receive the Lord's Supper this morning. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.